And we're looking forward to a wonderful time as far as that's concerned. And I believe that's what's going to be coming out of that intergenerational conversation with men and with women. So we're looking forward to um, those presentations over the next couple of months. We have opened our application process for two vacant positions on our church board of directors. We're seeking individuals who are number one have been a full member of St. Paul for at least three years, are actively and consistently in the teaching ministry, and are consistent tithers. Uh, we are hoping that you have a specialized knowledge or experience relevant in the field that would be a blessing to our board. Uh, this is in real estate, insurance, uh, legal matters, uh, physical management, things of that sort. We sent out an email with the link to register on our church website last Sunday. We'll continue to do that. Or you can go to the church website under the Help Wanted section under our resource tab. And so uh, we ask that you will govern yourselves accordingly if you're interested in serving on our board of directors. Let me, um, before we call for prayer, let me just share some good news with you all. Can I do that? Here's the good news. You don't have to die from COVID. Let me say that one more time. You don't have to die from COVID. All right. How is that, Pastor? Get the vaccination. Get the vaccination. The only reason we are here right now in this worship experience is because there's a vaccine. If we did not have a vaccine, we would still be doing what we've been doing for the past 18 months. That's the only reason I've opened back up church for Sunday morning worship is because there's a vaccination. You don't have to die from COVID. The vaccination, and I want you to hear me and hear me well, I spent three hours on a webinar yesterday of course, getting facts that I already knew. Um, but I, I want to reiterate um, and dispel some myths for those that are vaccine hesitant right now. Number one, there's not a tracking chip in the vaccine. Amen. Now, if you want to be tracked, they tracking you on your cell phone. Okay, I mean, you know, I mean, you know, put the hay where the cows get it. You're already being tracked on your cell phone. There's there's not. It is not the mark of the beast. Somebody got some bad theology. And and let me tell y'all, listen, look, I'm seminarily trained. I know how to decipher revelation the way a whole lot of us are doing it. Ain't got nothing to do with the Bible. It is whack. It is not a mark of the beast. It does not change your DNA. Amen. Some of y'all were crazy before you got the vaccine. You're going to be crazy afterwards. All right. It, it, that has nothing to do, that has nothing to do with, 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 with your DNA. It does not change your DNA. Okay. It, 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 just, it just doesn't. We, we got to stop it. And, 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 and let me say that wearing a mask, if you wear a mask, do you know that God can still hear your prayers? Somebody need to tell Jim Baker he don't know what he's talking about. God can still hear your prayers with the mask on. Now, this is why this is why this is why I'm pressing this because I want you to understand something. If you get vaccinated, 
And if you don't get if you don't even get anything out of Peyton's sermon, out of my sermon today, get this. If you're watching me online, if you're in the house, if you haven't been vaccinated, hear me and hear me well. Because I'm going to hammer at this. Y'all going to maybe get to the point where I'm going to say you can't come to church unless you're vaccinated. I'm, 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 I'm hammering at this. I want you to hear me and hear me well. The vaccine does not mean you can't get COVID. Repeat that after me. The vaccine does not mean you can't get COVID. But God knows it'll keep you out of the hospital. All right. It will keep you out the hospital. It will keep you out the hospital. It will keep you from being ventilated. It will keep you from being intubated. Do you know that this pandemic we're dealing with the Delta variant right now? I want you to please hear me. This pandemic is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. The majority of people who are in the hospitals. The majority of people who are being ventilated, the majority of people who are being intubated, the majority of people who are dying are unvaccinated. They're unvaccinated. You don't have to die from COVID. Get vaccinated. Get vaccinated. Now, as your pastor, I'm fully vaccinated. My staff is fully vaccinated. If you don't like needles, I don't like needles either. I have to stick my finger twice a day because I'm diabetic. I hate it. But God knows I'd rather be vaccinated and covered than to be unvaccinated and unsure. Because guess what? We're going to have to live with this pandemic until some things change. And part of that change is our attitude toward being vaccinated. I need you. That if we're going to continue to do, do this, we're going to keep church doors open. We, we got to get vaccinated. Now, I say this and I'm going to close and I'm going to ask Reverend Byrne to get ready to come lead us in prayer. That over 85% of the people who register to come to church are vaccinated. And you give God praise for that. Um, um, they're, they're, they're vaccinated and um, with another 6% who said that they're going to be vaccinated. I don't know about the other 9%. The other 9% need to get on board and get vaccinated. Now, in the past, St. Paul has partnered with Atrium and StarMed to have vaccination pop-up sites here. Um, we're going to work on that for the fall. We're also going to work on trying to be a place where you can come and get your booster shot as well. Um, um, and, and we've had some great relationships with Atrium and uh, other uh, medical uh, entities, and we're going to try to definitely promote that. Um, the booster shots are out. Um, I don't know how they're spreading them as far as the hospitals are concerned, but whenever we're able to be a pop-up site, we're going to let you know so that you can do that. That's uh, that's my that's my public health service announcement today, and I'm going to keep talking about this agnosium because you don't have to die from COVID. You just don't. And and let me close on this. And please, man, please, sir, don't be taking uh, heart uh, horse heart dewormer medicine, thinking that's going to help you. Listen. Stick with what the doctors say. 
don't, 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 don't. Use common sense. Faith and science are not in competition. They're complementary of each other. Let me say that again. Faith and science are not in competition. They're complementary of each other. It is not faithful for you to talk about, I'm going to trust the Lord. And there are things available for you to do and you don't do it. Am I making any sense? Am I making any sense? Somebody going to get to the kingdom and you're going to say, well, Lord, I thought you were going to save me. And the Lord said, well, I tried to. I had a vaccine for you. All right. And, 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 and I, I, I drive this home because this is predominant among us as African-Americans. We are, we, we are the lowest ethnicity as far as vaccination rates are concerned. So I want to encourage you to do that. All right. Um, I know our hearts are heavy um, because of the death of Reverend Siobhan McElwain. And we want to keep that family in our prayers. Uh, her services are pending. And once we find out, we'll let you know. The family of Brother James Bailey, who is the brother-in-law's sister, Saretha Bird. Um, those services will be taking place on this Wednesday at J.B. Jenkins Funeral Home in Hyattsville, Maryland. The family of Jerome Beecham, who is the brother of disciple Sandy Beecham, uh, his services will take place this Thursday at Victory Christian Center at uh, campus number three. The viewing is at 11 and the service will be at noon. Then the family of brother James McGrant, who is the brother of sister disciple Denise McGrant and those services are are pending. Um, we also want to continue to lift up as far as prayer concerns. Uh, Marquan, Marshall, Corey Stitt, Betty Davis, Gina Pettis-Dean, uh, Pastor Emeritus, Reverend Paul Jarman and his wife, Thomasina Jarman, Eleanor Lee, um, Anthony Farr, and then there'll be names scrolling up and down our link as far as uh, prayer concerns. I'm going to ask that Reverend Bernie would come and lead us to the throne of grace uh, at this time when we ask that you would join us in prayer. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Gracious Father, thou art mighty. And in spite of what we experience in this life, Lord, we realize that you are still in control. So, Father, we come to you this morning, God, thanking you, first of all, for who you are, God, for being a great physician. Thank you, Lord, for being a great comforter. God, thank you, Lord, for being someone that always show up in our midnight time. God, we thank you for that this morning, God. God, we acknowledge, God, that we have some things going on in our lives this morning, God. God, some of us are experiencing sickness, God. Some of us are experiencing disappointment. Some of us, God, can't even figure out how we're going to make it the next day, God. But Lord, in spite of all of that, God, we realize, God, that you still sit high. And God, you still have everything under control. Lord, we pray, God, that you would just touch our spirits this morning, God. God, that you would awaken us to your power, God. Awaken us to your anointing, God. Awaken us, God the authority, God, that you have over everything, God. God, remind us, God, that you are still walking with us. You're still talking with us, God. God, some of us are experiencing uh, death right now. God, we pray 
a special prayer for the family of Reverend uh, Siobhan McAway. We pray, God, in the name of Jesus, God, that you would touch Asia. God, that you would touch Corey, that you would touch Christian, God. Remind them, God, that you're still with them, God. Touch her mother, God. Touch her sister, God. Let them know, God, that even in the midst of death, God, God, that you still have your hands on them. You're still walking with them. You're still talking with them. God, help us, God. God, to be a shoulder, God, that they can lean on. Help us, God, to not count a robbery, God, that we would check in on them, God. That we would cry out, call out to them, God. Reminding them, God, that they're still love, God. That, God, still you still have your hands on them. You're still wrapping love around them, God. Oh, God, we pray right now with the name of Jesus, God. God, that you would speak to them, God. Let them know, God, their hearts may be heavy, God. That, God, but even in the midst of it, God, you still have them in the palms of your hand. Oh, God, we bless you this morning, God, for what you're doing in our lives. We thank you, Lord, for how you're bringing us up, God, from difficult situations, from death, God. God, from different different job situations. We thank you, Lord, for how you're raising us up, God. That even in the midst of a pandemic, God, God, you're still touching, God. You're still saving lives, God. You're still saving souls, God. We bless you this morning, God, for what you're doing. We bless you, God, because we know, God, we can't make it without you, God. We can't survive without you, God. So, Lord, we want to give you glory, God. We want to worship you, God. In the midst of our struggle, God, we want to bless you, God. In the midst of death, God, God, we want to give you glory, God. No matter how it looks like in our lives this morning, God. Oh, God, we pray, God, overshadow us, God, with your spirit, God. So much so, God, that our dying world would know, God, that you're still God. Thank you for what you're doing in this vineyard called St. Paul Baptist Church. Thank you, Lord. Father, you continue to place your hands on us. Thank you, Lord, for working things out for our good, God. God, so as we lift our eyes unto the hills, God, we realize, God, all of our help comes from you, God. We thank you for what you will do, God. Be with us, God. Be with your people. This is our prayer in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. Come on, if you really believe that God is answering that powerful prayer, can you give God the praise he so richly and rightfully deserved? Thank you, Reverend Bernie. Thank you, Reverend Bernie, for that powerful prayer. My brothers and sisters, it's time to give. It's time to give. Let's give God praise for the wonderful opportunity to give. Um, And as we prepare to give... um, I want to, before I ask us to give, we want to be mindful and prayerful for our brothers and sisters in Haiti, as well as for our brothers and sisters in the Deep South who are getting ready to be impacted by Hurricane Ida. Uh, I talked with my mom yesterday, and uh, she said she ain't going nowhere, uh, that she's hunkering down. And so I ask that you all would pray for for them. I have a sister that was in Baton Rouge and she made a quick dash to Jackson, Mississippi yesterday. So um, Hurricane Ida is looking to be the most powerful storm that has hit Louisiana in 165 years. And um, worse than Katrina as far as power is concerned. Um, so we want to be mindful of that. As we prepare to give, here's a special ask that I need, need of you. We want to raise $10,000 for Haiti. 
And of course, I ask those that are part of our tribe here at St. Paul to prepare to give a special offering on next Sunday. I'm going to give my offering this Sunday. I believe that we have on our various giving platforms where Haiti Relief is the tag. And if you want to give to support Haiti, uh, give as far as that tag is concerned. We want to raise at least $10,000 for Haiti to partner with Lot Carey because we know where that money goes. So as you prepare to give, um, there are three ways, three primary ways you can give here at St. Paul. First, you can mail your check or money order to the church at 1401 Allen Street, Charlotte 28205, or drop off your check, cash, or money order here at the church. If you decide to drop off your giving, call the church office at 704-334-5309 to make sure someone is here to receive your offering, and you can give that way. Second way you can give is through our church website, through ACS or Church Life. Um, and we thank you for your graciousness in that area. The final way you can give is through the app called Givelify. You can download that app to your smart device, connect it to your favorite search for St. Paul Baptist Church, connect it to your favorite uh, credit card, and in three clicks, you can give. So as you prepare to give, if you're able this morning, we want you to take your offering. We want you to take your offering. We want you to place it in your right hand, lift it toward the heaven. We want to give God what's right, not what's left. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, we come and we thank you for the wonderful opportunity to partner with you in giving. We want to make a difference in Haiti. We want to make a difference in Charlotte. We want to make a difference in this place. And so God, as we come and we give, we pray that you will bless and stretch our gifts. And as we give, you look at our heart and bless us accordingly. Have your way, O oh God, in this moment of worship, in this moment of giving. And we bless your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. For those who have a physical offering in the place on the, the seat in front of you, there's a basket. If you would, just put your offering in that basket. You don't have to touch it. Just put your offering in that basket. Our team will come and collect that offering. And we greatly, greatly appreciate your giving. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all within me. Every day is joy, knowing you as Savior and Lord. I'm reminded as I reflect upon your goodness. Your love and mercy endures forevermore. Oh, 
Bless the Lord, oh my soul and all within me. Every day is joy, knowing you as Savior and Lord. I'm reminded as I reflect upon your goodness. Your love and mercy endures forevermore.
Can you just bless that name that is above every name? Let me try that one more time. Because those that's in the house, we could do a whole lot better. I know you got your mask on, but it ain't preventing you from putting your hands together and giving God the praise that he so richly and rightfully deserves. Bless the name that is above every name. We want to continue our series of sermons that we've been doing over the last several weeks um, as far as victorious living. And I want to call your attention, if I could, to 1 Corinthians chapter 9, starting at verse 24. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, starting at verse 24. And these words in the New King James Version of Scripture are printed Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty, Thus I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. I want to preach for the time that is mine, in it to win it. In it to win it. Um... The other day I had an opportunity to reread a book that I've read some time ago in the past. And it's a book by uh, a guru by the name of Malcolm Gladwell. Malcolm Gladwell has a book entitled Outliers, The Story of Success. And in that book, he gives insight about how successful people were able to thrive in society despite their obstacles, obtrusions, and obstructions that came their way. His book deals with why some people are more successful than others, and we read about them in the bright lights. Gladwell has this theory how the story of success differs from person to person. If you want to know why some people make it and others do not, You need to understand their surrounding, their timing, when they were born, where they were born, and how they function. He contends that some people are more successful than others because of their family background. In other words, they were born with a silver spoon in his or her mouth. The place where people were born, even the time of the year, where people were born. He, he believes that when you look at the confluence of those factors and gain an appreciation for those determinants, 
then some people will make it and others will not. When you read his book, if you ever decide to check it out, you will see how Gladwell explains what the Beatles and Bill Gates had in common. He talks about how Asians tend to be extremely smart in math and why all top New York lawyers have the same resume. It is based upon generation, family, culture, and class. Gladwell believed it matters what year you were born if you become a billionaire in Silicon Valley. It matters where you were born if you want to be a successful airline pilot. His contention is the lives of the outliers, these people whose achievements fall outside the normal everyday experiences, have certain factors that work in their favor, causing them to fulfill their human potential and maximize their God-given talents. Let me press my claim even further. Because according to Gladwell, people do not rise from nothing. There are factors such as who your parents are and who knows you and who likes you. The people who rise to the top as models of success, fame, and fortune have some hidden advantages like race, extraordinary opportunities, and cultural legacies that allow them to work hard and be exposed to a worldview that others are not. In other words, it makes a difference where you grow up. It makes a difference when you were born. His book is an interesting analysis because I believe most people want to be successful. Most of us want to have a good life. Most of us want to uh, accrue material possessions. Most of us want to have healthy bodies and be considered worthy of the admiration of society. Yet, when I put this book up against the gospel narratives and do an analysis of Jesus, according to Gladwell, Jesus is a failure. Jesus was born on the wrong side of the tracks. Jesus was born at the wrong time of the year. Jesus didn't come from the right pedigree because his daddy was a lowly carpenter and his mother was an unwed teenager. He was born in the wrong city, Bethlehem. He grew up in the wrong town, Nazareth. As a matter of fact, Jesus was born in the wrong atmosphere. He was born in a stable. And of course, we know that his crib was a trough. So we go by Malcolm Gladwell's assessment, then Jesus should have been an abysmal disappointment to God and humanity. Yet, it is Jesus who gives us the perfect example of what it means to live a life that is abundant, victorious, and meaningful. Because Jesus' success is not based upon material possessions. You do remember Jesus says, listen, foxes have holes, birds have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. His noteworthiness is not based upon his political affiliation because the Roman government despised the Jews. Herod tried to kill him when he was a baby boy. 
His significance is not based upon his religious affiliation because the Pharisees hated him and the Sadducees could not stand him. No, if you're going to appreciate the significance, noteworthiness, and success of Jesus, then you got to know who Jesus is for yourself. Jesus states in John 17, verses 1 through 3, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son, that your son may also glorify you. As you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. In these words, Jesus describes how God goes through a lot just to put us in position to claim eternal life and be eligible for a prize. God sends us a prize, and that prize is not eternal life, but the crown of life, which demonstrates God's approval and lets us share in God's glory and reign in God's authority. Jesus is the ultimate expression of life. Jesus is the one whose existence and being our lives must take on if we're going to accomplish anything noteworthy for the sake of the kingdom. In fact, Jesus makes this bold proclamation that some people don't ascribe to when Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man, woman, boy, or girl can come to the Father except by me. It is a relationship with Jesus Christ, not the religion about Jesus Christ that makes the difference in our lives. But our relationship with Jesus Christ should help us to understand the truth about the religion of Jesus Christ so that you and I will not be ashamed to say that we are disciples of Jesus Christ. In fact, I have to admit that I am not ashamed of Jesus, nor am I ashamed of his gospel. Paul says, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it's the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. There has to be more to our life than what we deal with on a daily basis. There has to be more to our life than chasing another paycheck. There has to be more to our life than getting up, going to school or going to work, putting in eight hours, coming back home, chilling, watching TV or being on social media. There has to be more to this thing called life than putting up with finicky people, hypocritical folks, judgmental attitudes, trifling dispositions, ignorant assessments, diabolical schemes, negative saying or disapproving looks. If I take Gladwell at face value, I will not have hooked up with Jesus because according to Gladwell's standards, Jesus was not successful. You do remember he died on a cross. You do remember they considered him to be a common criminal. However, we got to be careful in the church of measuring how the world views success. Versus how God views success. Let me say that one more time. 
We, we got to be careful what the world says is success versus what God says is success. Here, the world says get a car. God says have great character. The world says buy your house. God says be holy. The world said buy some clothes. God says get some clarity. The world says get money. God says have mercy. The world says play politics. God says be polite. The world says get all the play you can. God says pray all you can. The world says have some swagger. Jesus says get salvation. The world says be cocky. But Jesus says you better have me, Jesus Christ. Paul, in this text I drop on you today, is trying to help us to appreciate, dissect, and imitate him in these words of 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27. Here's what Paul is doing in this text. Paul is laying out a great case for any one of us that's serious about having victory in this life that pleases God and enhances our self-worth here on earth while, watch this, we secure our eternal reward in heaven. Paul is using athletic imagery in the text because the Corinthians are familiar with the Greek Olympic Games as well as their local games called the Itmus Games. He mentions how the stadium is packed with spectators to see the marathoners run. A lot of people run, but only one wins the prize. Paul says that they are running for an olive wreath, an olive wreath crown in the Greek games, but that olive wreath will dissipate. It will dry up. But every believer in the house right now, every believer that's watching me online can win the incorruptible, imperishable crown at the judgment seat of Jesus Christ. Each and every one of us right now have a crown that is waiting for us as long as we stay and run in the race. This crown is given to those who are disciplined for the sake of serving Christ. This crown is given to those who feed the hungry and clothe the naked and give water to those that are thirsty, that visit those that are sick and shut in, hang out with those that are in prison. This crown is given to those who witness to others about the salvation that comes through Jesus Christ. This crown is given to those who encourage weary hearts. This crown is given to those who are able to lift up a bowed down head. This crown is given to those who help others who can't help themselves. This crown is given to those who become living sacrifices for the sake of the kingdom. This crown is given to those who hold up the bloodstained banner. This crown is given to those who ain't afraid to tell others about who Jesus Christ is. I don't know who I'm talking to right now, but I want my crown. I don't need man-made or woman-made accolades. I need my crown from Jesus Christ. And here is what Paul says that messed me up. Paul says if we're not careful, we can lose the prize. Let me say that again. Paul says if we're not careful, we can lose the prize. Now let me give clarity because the prize is not salvation. 
Y'all gonna learn how to shout on good Bible doctrine. Let me say that one more time. The prize is not salvation. Because you can't lose your salvation. But you can lose your reward. Boy, I really wish people would learn how to shout on, on, on good Bible doctrine. Let me say that one more time. You can't lose your salvation. Why? Because once you're really saved, you're saved. And God ain't going to save you and then take it back from you. Preach Robert Charles Scott. But you can lose the reward that God has for you in the great beyond as well as in the here and now. Uh-huh. Here is, what, here is what Paul is trying to make clear and plain to us right now. Paul makes it profoundly clear how each and every one of us ought to be working for something. You don't get saved. Hear me well. You don't get saved just to sit on your bottom. God saves you to serve, which means that you ought to be working for something. And, and too many of us in the church, we just happy to be saved, happy to get a get out of hell free card, happy to be going to heaven. I want to do more than just get to heaven by the skin of my teeth. I want everything that God has for me. So, so, so let me tell us in the church, don't just be satisfied with being in the race, uh, but you should be participating with a purpose and with power and with passion to get something. Can I make it plain for you all right now? I'm not just working for the sake of getting a paycheck through St. Paul Church. If that was the case, I would have quit plenty of days ago because church folk get on my reserve nerve. I ain't preaching. I ain't teaching. I ain't engaging in ministry just to get folks to like me or please me because if that was the case, I would have stopped doing this stuff a long time ago because even Jesus couldn't please everybody. I'm doing this for another reason. I ain't doing it just so I can make it into heaven and have eternal life. No, I'm doing this because I want my crown that God has destined for me. I wrote my reward that God has designed for me. I want my that God has dedicated for me. I don't want to walk around heaven naked or crownless. Paul is trying to get the people at Corinth to understand that God has something great for them, but you got to work for it. You can't earn your salvation. You can't. If that was the case, some of us would be more saved than others. Peyton made it clear in his in his meditation message to, to the youth. God saves you, but you gotta work for your reward. Ah, uh, uh, Paul is saying that there's a difference between being saved and getting my reward. Now I can't speak for anybody else. But I want my crown. I'm in this thing to win it. I've come too far. I've worked too hard. I've studied too much. I've preached too many sermons. I've taught too many lessons. I've visited too many people in prison, in the hospital, and at their homes. I've been lied on too much. I've been talked about too much. I've been misunderstood too much. I put up with too much hell to miss out on my prize. 
ain't no need for me to go through all this hell down here and get up there and barely make it. I'm running this race to win it. And can I press my... Listen, maybe I need to do a church check right now. Anybody else in this race to win it? You're not just satisfied with being saved. You want to get your crown. You want to get everything that God has for you. And can I help you to understand what you're competing against? You're not running against other folks. I'm not running against you. You ain't running against me. I'm not running against another preacher, another pastor, another disciple, another church. I ain't even running against my enemies. You ain't running against me. I ain't running against you. Guess who we're running against? Ourselves. We're the only person who has the potential to derail our ability to get the prize that God has for us. Guess what? The only time we got to beat is our time. The only person we got to beat is our fleshly self. The only person who can mess this thing up for us is us. And do y'all want to know something? Can I tell y'all the prize is really worth it? The prize is really worth fighting for a Driving for, running for, trying to obtain. Uh, it's worth every headache I go through, every hell I catch, every dog that's chasing me, every enemy I got to face. It is really worth it. Yes, it is. And I believe that I got some folks in the house that ain't afraid to testify that you've been through too much, you've seen too much, you put up with too much for you not to get everything God has for you. How? How? can we claim our prize? How can we claim this crown? First of all, you got to chase it. <laughs> Let me say, you, you, you got to pursue the prize. That's in verse 24. Paul says, run in such a way as to get the prize. This, this means, beloved, you got to be intentional in your pursuit of the prize. This means you must know what you want, how you want it, when you want it, and how to get it. The pursuit of the prize is not a guarantee you're going to get the prize, but it does put you in position to get the prize. We want, see, here, uh, I, I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting ready to get in trouble. For what I'm getting ready to say. Uh, <clears throat> Can I say it, man? Can I say it? When I was growing up, Bernie, when we were growing up, we didn't get a participation trophy. I knew I was going to make somebody mad. Uh, uh, we got a trophy if you came in first place. We didn't get a trophy because we showed up. It's too many folks right now that want something because they showed up. That ain't how this thing works. You gotta work for what God has for you. It's the pursuit of the prize. Now, I wanna say this because I know I'm gonna I'm offend somebody. But 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 this race ain't for everybody. This race is for those who have a relationship with the one who organized the race. Jesus, let, 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 let me tell you something about running a race. First of all, there has to be an organizer of the race. 
And then if you're going to get into the race, you got to pay an admission fee. Can I tell y'all that God is the organizer of the race? Jesus Christ paid the admission fee on a hill called Calvary. The Holy Ghost serves as your coach as far as your race is concerned. The problem is we want God to do everything for us rather than what we need to do for our side. You and I can't get the prize unless we pursue it. This is why you pursue an education by going to school. This is why you pursue a paycheck by going to work. This is why you pursue a relationship by creating space and time. And this is why you pursue salvation by accepting Jesus Christ. Anything worth having means that I got to work for it. God ain't going to give it to you on a silver platter. God ain't going to give it to you because you showed up. I believe I got a few folks at the St. Paul Church, a few folks watching me on Zoom, a few folks watching me on Facebook Live do me a favor. I want you to put in the chat in it to win it. I want somebody right now just to give God praise because you said listen I ain't doing this for nothing. When I get up there I want everything that God has for me. You got to pursue the prize. That's the first step. Let's hold you too long. I just got one more thing and I'm done. Uh, not only do you must, must you pursue the prize but you got to be disciplined to claim the prize. Discipline. Somebody say discipline. Now, Peyton, discipline is a dirty word with church folk. Especially Baptist folk. Discipline is, is a dirty word. Uh, but the reason some of us are in the mess we're in is because we're not Help me preach this thing. The concept of disciple is a derivative of discipline. So I can't say I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ if I ain't willing to be this. Help me preach this thing, y'all. Now, now, now if I'm going to be disciplined, I, I got to do certain things. To ensure that I'm fit to run the race. I got to do certain things to ensure that I get the prize. Um, a few weeks ago, a few weeks ago, I, I had to, had, had up. let me get off script. Whole lot of y'all, uh, church folk, color folk, black folk, Negro, Afro-African-American folk, um, was upset. You know where I'm going with this, don't you? Was upset because... Shakara Richardson wasn't able to participate in the Olympics because she smoked some weed. But she wasn't disciplined enough to handle her stuff through other means so she was disqualified. I'm preaching better than y'all saying amen because I think I got some and, 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 and so, and so we all been out of shape cause she couldn't participate in the Olympics. However, a couple weeks ago, we saw how undisciplined 
She was when those Jamaican sisters beat her one, two, three, and she came in last. Why? Because she wasn't disciplined to handle the things that were set before her. Here it is. She was in the race, but she lost the race because she wasn't disciplined. I'm preaching better than y'all saying amen. I need to do a church check right now. Am I in the house with someone to understand that if you want to get everything that God has for you, you got to be disciplined. Because here it is. Here it is. When you're disciplined, you're focused. When you're disciplined, you don't get sidetracked by others. When you're disciplined, you got to watch what you eat. When you're disciplined, you got to watch what you drink. When you're disciplined, you can't smoke everything. When you're disciplined, you can't put anything in your body. That's what it means to be disciplined. If you're going to be disciplined, you got to give up the good. And you got to bypass the better if you want to have the best. When you become disciplined, you don't settle for nothing less than the best. Ain't nothing wrong with food and fun, but it interferes with you reaching your goal. You need to let it go. I don't want to be sidetracked, but there are some undisciplined factors in front of us right now. Can I give y'all a St. Paul shout right now? One of my favorite athletes, one of my favorite athletes is my little young brother, Cameron Stinson. That joker is a wrestler. And you want to know why he wins so many matches? You want to know why he's a state champ? Because he's disciplined. Uh, that he's always spending time preparing for the wrestling match. Why? Because he's disciplined. He's a state champion. Not on happenstance. He's a state champion because he's disciplined. Can I tell y'all what happens when you become disciplined? When you become disciplined, God sets you up in such a way that when you put in the work, uh, God will give you the favor. God sets you up in such a way that when you're disciplined, God will open doors no man can close and close doors no man can open. When you experience discipline, you got to bring some things under subjection. You got to subject your flesh. You got to subject your, your cruel nature. Can I preach it the way that I feel it? Moses had to bring his anger under subjection. Moses had to bring his drinking under subjection. Samson had to bring his strength under subjection. David had to bring his sense of entitlement under subjection. Solomon had to bring his sexual addiction under subjection. Esther had to bring her beauty under subjection. Peter had to bring his cussing under subjection. James and John had to bring their egos under subjection. Paul had to bring his intellect under subjection. And you and I got to bring our mess under subjection. That's why you need to pray. That's why every now and then you need to worship. That's why you need to read your Bible. That's why you need to push away the plate. Can I tell y'all what discipline looks like? Prayer is discipline. Let me try that one more time because you missed your shout. Prayer is discipline. Reading your Bible is discipline. Bible study is discipline. Don't sit down. You're going to get back up. Meditation is discipline. Fasting is discipline. Spending time with God is discipline. Paying your tithes is discipline. Coming to church online or in the house is discipline. Giving God praise is discipline. Worshiping God is Do I have any discipline folks in the house? house right now that ain't afraid to glorify our God and give God the praise he so richly and rightfully deserves. Let me close 
Let me close. Let me close. I need some disciplined folks in the house that ain't afraid to glorify our God. How can we glorify our God? We can glorify our God when we tell the lost about who Jesus Christ is. We can glorify our God when we tell others in the church, you're going to be all right. We can glorify God when we encourage each other in the house. We can glorify God when we make a difference in the lives of somebody else. Y'all got to excuse me, but my Mississippi is trying to come out. But I want you to know that Paul wants us to understand that I got to set aside what I want in order to do what God will have for me to do. Because uh, I don't want to make it to the pearly gates and miss out on the reward that God has for me. Uh, y'all got to excuse me. Can I preach it the way that I feel it? Because uh, I know, I know, I know, I know there's some folks in the house right now who if you were able to come and get my microphone, you would have to testify that you've seen a, a whole lot in your days. And uh, you don't want to have to go through all that you've gone through and then get to heaven. And God says, I'm glad that you made it, but I ain't got nothing for you up here. I not only want to get my long white robe, but I want to get the crown, yeah, that God has reserved for me. That's why Paul wrote his son Timothy when he said uh, that I fought a good fight and uh, I have finished my course and I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. But not only to me, but to all those that love his appearing. Am I talking to anybody in the house right now that want more than just getting into heaven? You want the crown that God has prepared for you. So I need to see, do I have anybody else in the house right now that's striving for your prize? I want to receive something that I know will not wear away. I want to get everything that God has for me. I'm not trying to be selfish, but I want other folks to join me in getting what God has for you. And I want you to know this morning that you can get your prize. I want you to know this morning you can get the crown that God has for you. And I'm glad that ain't no angel gonna give me that crown. (laughs) I'm glad that there's no apostle will give me that crown. I said I'm glad that the prophets won't give me that crown. But I'm glad the one that died for my sins gonna give me that crown. Because it is a derivative 
of the crown that God will give him. Can I tell you how you can get your crown? Can I tell you how you can get the prize that's claimed for you? Anybody here want to know how to get your prize? Be faithful to God's house. Be obedient to God's word. Be in fellowship with God's folks. Be accepting of God's salvation. Be supportive of God's work. Be confident in God's promises. Be committed to God's causes. Be involved in God's program. Be assured of God's ability. I'm waiting for the rest of y'all to catch up. Be abiding in God's love. Be walking in God's path. Be holding God's hands. Be living in God's light. Be working for God's kingdom. Be relying on God's help. Be trusting in God's judgment. Be caring for God's world. Be rejoicing in God's glory. Be looking for God's return. Am I talking to anybody here? They ain't afraid to admit I want my prize. I want everything that God has for me. Good morning, St. Paul. And good morning to those that are watching us online. But can I tell you all something that's a sign of your prize? I remember Reverend Bernie when I ran track and when I crossed the finish line, especially in first place, I lift up my hands and I throw back my head and I let out a holler that I finished my race. Let me talk to some folks in the house that want your prize. Can I get you to practice down here right now? Because when you cross the finish line, I dare you to practice down here. Lift up your hands. Throw back your head. And give God a praise. Because you fought a good fight. You finished your course. You kept the faith. And he has a crown waiting for you. And if you know you're going to get a crown, can you give God a preemptive praise for your crown? Can you give God a preemptive praise for your reward? Can you give God a praise that he has a crown waiting for you? I don't know about anybody else, but I'm going to bless his name. Thank you, God. 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 Say yes. Say yes. Say yes. Say yes. want my crown. I want my reward. And guess what? I'm not and you shouldn't let somebody make you so angry, so mad, so ticked off until you miss your crown because of something you've done. Don't, 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 don't let folk talk you out of your crown or mess you up from getting everything that God has for you. I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm in it to win it. Anybody else in it to win it? If you really are, come on, give God praise.
there, 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 there are times. I, can I be transparent for a moment? There are some times when I look back over my life, I'm going like, ooh, I shouldn't have done that. Because I, I, I'm, I'm just being transparent. Because pastor in the Lord's folks. Listen, Moses missed the promised land because he was angry. Lord said, speak to the rock and he struck the rock. He missed the promised land because the Israelites made him angry. That's a good one. That's a good one, Scott. Uh, I want everything God has for me. Not Watch this. Not only over there, but here. God's got some stuff for you here. I ain't going to let you and nobody else. And especially myself keep me from getting it. That that's that's good right there, man. That's good right there. That's good right there. When it's all over, <laughs> when it's all over, I, I shall wear a crown. I, I'm gonna put on my robe and I'm gonna tell the story. How I made it over. Those who are able, if you would stand. I um I if you're not in the race, I want you to get in the race. I want you to get in the race. And how can you get in the race? You get in the race by confessing Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I want you to know that 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 the race is worth it. It's, it's worth it. It's worth it. I want you to get in the race. I want you to get in the race. You confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I want to lead you in a prayer. Prayer of new life, prayer of brand new start. Or a prayer of connecting with the church. Um, I know we're in this digital, digital, virtual space as well. But if you connect with us digitally or physically we can help you run your race we we can do this thing together and, and so if you would just repeat after me this prayer God I want my reward but I got to get into the race and I'm sending in my admission papers right now here it is God I believe you sent Jesus to die for my sins. I believe he rose from the dead. And at this moment, I believe you raised him from the dead. Right now, I want him to be my Lord and Savior. Forgive me of all my sins. Help me be the person you want me to be. In the name of Jesus... I pray this prayer. Amen. Keep those heads bowed just for a moment. Hear me and hear me well. If you are here in person, you prayed that prayer sincerely, for real. You're serious about that prayer. 
you've never confessed Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, or you didn't understand what it meant to have a relationship with Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, if you prayed that prayer, please turn up the lights right now. If you prayed that prayer, you meant that prayer for real, I want you to do me this favor. Would you right now just hold up your hand wherever you are? Hold up your hand wherever you are. If you prayed this prayer for real, you want Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Hold up your hand right now. Hold up your hand. Nothing to be ashamed of. Nothing to be ashamed of. Hold up your hand. Hold up your hand. Hold up your hand. We're not going. We're not trying to put you on blast. We wouldn't dare do that. We want to love you into this process. Hold up your hand. Hold up your hand. Amen. If you're watching us on Facebook, on our St. Paul website. I want you to type in salvation if this prayer was meant for you. Our digital ministers will connect with you through uh, our Facebook messenger or any other message and they will let you know what the next steps are. If you are listening to us on the telephone or watching us on uh, YouTube, email us at connect at spbcnc.org. Leave a phone number. We want to reach out to you by 5 o'clock tomorrow and let you know what the next steps are. Amen. If you're here and you're saying, listen, pastor, I'm already saved. I know who Jesus Christ is in the part of my sin. If you're in the house right now, but you don't have a church home, I would love to be a pastor. These men and women would love to be your brothers and sisters in Christ. You don't have a church home right now? Do me this favor. Just hold up your hand. Hold up your hand. You're looking for a church home. You don't have a church home. Would you hold up your hand? Would you hold up your hand? Hold up your hand. 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 Amen. If you're watching us on Facebook, if you're watching us on Facebook or on our website, do me this favor. Type in connect in the chat box when our digital ministers will reach out to you and let you know what the next things you need to do. Leave your email address where they can contact you. If you're watching us on YouTube or listening to us on the telephone, email us at connect at SPBC, uh, nc.org or call the church office at 704-334-5309 leave your name and your phone number someone by five o'clock will reach out to you and let you know what next steps are i want you to for those that are in the house put your hands together give god praise for those that are making a decision right now we give god a preemptive praise amen 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 as you stand right now we're getting ready to be dismissed and now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with all exceeding joy to the only wise god be glory and majesty dominion and power both now and forevermore and the people of god said amen do me a favor if you would take your seats follow the directions of the ushers as they escort you out thank god for you i love you god loves you even more please remain in your seat until the ushers come get you please remain in your seat until the ushers come and escort you god bless you